listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with an array of thinkers from faith leaders to academics to artists to explore deep questions of meaning, questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honoured to welcome to our show Reverend Bob Barnes, a semi-retired Presbyterian minister whose non-parish specialties have included Santa Fe Police and Sheriff Chaplain, Crisis Intervener for Presbyterian Disaster Assistance and Church World Service, and Critical Incident Stress Management Trainer and, for the purposes of this show, who currently serves as Director of NonviolentSantaFe.org. Reverend Bob, welcome to our show. Thank you, Rabbi Neil. It's a pleasure to be with you. So, so let's start with, tell us about the national movement of which Nonviolent Santa Fe is a part. It is. Um, it's the National the Nonviolent Cities Project. Um, and in their brochure, they say, Imagine a nonviolent city where everyone strives to promote nonviolence, where all institutions teach nonviolent skills, where, non- where violence is no longer running rampant. This is our vision and this is our work. It is a, an organization by Pache uh, um, Ibene. I have trouble with Latin, I'm not Roman Catholic. Um, so. It's an organization that was actually started by Father John Deere, who lived in Santa Fe for many years. Um, and he started the Campaign Nonviolence as a national org- organization. And Nonviolent Cities Project has grown over the last uh, six or seven years from just a few to several dozen. Um, and it's big cities, including Cleveland and, and Chicago, and it's small places like Prescott in Santa Fe, and, uh, and they're gaining more all the time. So it's a national movement which is really based on the teachings of um, visionary nonviolence with uh, Mahatma Gandhi and Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. So we're dealing with some pretty well-established principles and um, trying to find out ways in which we can relate that to the city of Santa Fe. So you, you gave examples of Gandhi and King, they were facing specific forms of literal and structural violence, Correct. and they chose to respond with nonviolence. How are their lessons applicable today in 21st century Santa Fe, for example? Well, the same issues uh, exist today as did then, obviously, in terms of, of um racism in terms of uh, people who consider themselves uh, more superior over others. Um, I guess what we have to say is that uh, violence is, is, is national and it's worldwide. And even though they were dealing with specific issues, they did develop some criteria that can be applied broadly across the board to all kinds of domestic and uh, political Uh, environmental issues as well sometimes it's interesting when you say environmental because there are times when i see 
environmental change happening, particularly because people are violent. Um, for example, I, I remember many years ago the Brent Spa when they were going to dump that into into the sea, and people jumped on board and you know made sure that didn't happen. Sometimes people um, climb up onto smokestacks and graffiti them and, and so on. Is there a place for violence? Do you consider those uh, those actions violent? Uh, in sense of destruction of property and destruction of things. I mean, so I guess that leads to what is nonviolence then? So what is violence and what is nonviolence? That's right. That's really that's really our biggest challenge. People talk easily about violence, but the subject of nonviolence just doesn't come up all that often. Let me ask you a question. When you hear a siren, what comes to mind for you? Um, an emergency vehicle, like a police car, fire, ambulance, something what, like that. What's happening? So they are on their way to either rescue someone or take them to a hospital, something like that. Very good. Most people will say they're on their way to a violent scene. Oh, interesting. And they will see it in terms of the violence. Um, and perhaps, perhaps uh, because I've been a first responder, uh, I see it in terms of help is on the way. Right. Um, and it's, it's an issue of how we look at violence and nonviolence as well, the broader issue. Um, we have a tendency to, to think of the ambulance or whatever the, the uh, siren is related to as perhaps being on the news later. It's going to be a violent event that we're going to see. We don't think in terms of how it's going to be a matter of people coming together and taking care of each other. Um, violence, nonviolence is, is not passivity. Mm -hmm. It isn't sitting back and doing nothing. It isn't watching people fighting on the schoolyard or on the street and, and as crowds will do, sitting there watching it, standing there watching it. That was what Gandhi referred to as cowardice. Ah. And that nonviolence, by the way, technically is spelled with a hyphenate. So non-hyphen-violence. Nonviolence is a single word. It's an active resistance ah. to violence. So somebody may step in and break up that violence and in the process might push somebody aside, might, what they do might look violent, but the intention is not violent and it is an end to the violence. That's that, its purpose is to put an end to the violence. So sometimes we look at something we say, well, that, that looks violent to us. And one of the things which we do in our training is to help people identify what is violent and really what is not. Destruction of property is a violence. Um, but um, calling people names, uh, putting up banners, right. uh, marching, these are nonviolent actions. It's fascinating to have the, the hyphen be so important here. Um, so tearing down a structure that is violent, is that an act of nonviolence without the hyphen? Or is that still an act of violence? Well, by tearing down, I'm not quite sure what you mean. Well, uh, let's take, uh, let's take you know, sticking with the environmental thing. Um, let's take sabotaging um, a, a polluting power plant, for example. Mm -hmm. um, aware that that polluting power plant harms others. Um, I mean, we see in New Mexico a lot of environmental pollution, particularly on poor communities. So... So somehow stopping one of those um, polluting plants to protect the people who are suffering from its effects, is that an act of 
non-violence with a hyphen or is that uh, an act of <laughs> non-violence with a hyphen or is that just an act of violence that is trying to stop something that is systemically violent right well you know if they go in and destroy something then that's that's violent right if they're just if they are um keeping trucks from moving in and out if they are uh blocking the way for people to come in and out that's non-violent it looks to people who are experiencing it as something violent, but nobody's being injured. Right. They may be being harassed. They may be um, inconvenienced. But that's a, that's a part of resistance, active resistance to evil, to violence. Who's, who determines, though? See, this opens up a bit of a box, doesn't it, about who determines what, what we can resist, essentially. So how does non-violent Santa Fe or how does the non-violent movement determine what is evil what is what needs to be resisted well what is hurting people basically you know uh, violence is uh, withholding good from people or bringing bad to people so bullying predatory lending ah. uh, holding grudges um, war I mean, the whole range of violent actions, many of which really are subtle, many attitudes that we're just not even aware of. Mm. We gossip. We say things about people that we probably, well, they're judgments. And we crucify people, basically. And that's violence. So, you know, the whole range of nonviolence is well beyond the physical, if they're there at the, at the plant or if somebody's Injuring, the, injuring another person. It goes in terms of attitudes. I, I find this fascinating. I, I guess before we take a break, you're talking about this, these different forms of violence. What do you see as the origin of, of violence? And does, that, does your perspective on the origin of violence affect how you work towards nonviolence? Very definitely. We consider that the origin, and, and we're not interested so much in the results, because there are a lot of organizations out there that are dealing with the effects of violence. Our concern is more, what's the cause? And simply, it comes down to fear. People fear each other. In the Christian scriptures, in the book of First John, it talks about perfect love casts out fear. So it isn't love versus hate, it's love versus fear. Hate is, a, is an effect of fear. We fear each other. We are taught about stranger danger. And all this happened before we got into the pandemic, where we were forced into a phrase that I've always resisted, social distancing. We needed to do physical distancing and still do. But we are too far already socially distant from each other. We do not see each other as brothers and sisters. We're distant from, from other people in terms of their color or their belief system or their politics. And as a result, because we're all equal children of God, we're separate from God as well. And unfortunately, there are religions that, that, that teach that. I, I'm always interested when I see a football game and, and uh, a touchdown is scored or something good happens and, and the player will, will point to the heavens, uh -huh. you know, like, thank you, God. Um, I'm told that in the East, uh, when people are asked, where's God? They don't point up, they point to their chest, to their heart. 
here's where God is within. So this, there's a whole spiritual component to what we're doing here in terms of where does evil start? Mm. Where, does, where does violence start? It starts in our attitudes. So interestingly enough to me, um, we are an organization, but we're also an attitude. The attitude that nonviolent Santa Fe can be a nonviolent city is simply something people haven't considered. So now the task is, let's look and see where that can take place. So that's, that's our mission. We have to take a little pause. You've opened so many things. I have so many questions. Um, and um, so we're going to take a little pause. My guest for this evening is Reverend Bob Barnes, um, who's a director of Nonviolent Santa Fe. Org, and we will be back uh, in a moment. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. My guest this evening, Reverend Bob Barnes, Director of Nonviolent Santa Fe. Before the break, you opened up a religious a- aspect to this work that I, I, I mean, obviously you are a semi-retired Presbyterian minister, but, but you brought in, I guess, essentially quite a Christian perspective um, is this a religious organization or is this actually something that for you speaks in religious terms, but actually is, is uh, I don't know, like non-religious almost? Well, the latter. It's a spiritual organization in the broad sense of the word. It is not a religious organization, although we do have a good relationship with the Interfaith Alliance. Um, and some of the members of our organization are members of the Alliance as well. But we've been very careful in our mission and vision statements and everything else not to align ourselves with any particular religion. Um, I think there's no one religion we want to align ourselves with. Right. Um, spirituality, yes. Um, our understanding of God, yes. Our belief systems, yes. And some of those are, well, they're all religious, but uh, they don't all fall within uh, what, what, I, what I say in terms of how people separate themselves from each other. Every religion is based on how it's different from other religions. Right. So, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to choose one. But there is an underlying ethic that says God is love and that we are created in the image of this God and that our basic nature is love. You look, ah. at, you look at look at look at Uvalde. Look at uh, look at uh, Buffalo. Look at all these school shootings. By the way, I've been to several myself. Uh, I started with uh, Columbine and ended with Virginia Tech in my response with the church. You get one shooter or two shooters, and you get dozens of people responding. You know, there's no support for the shooter, no support for the violence, but there's an outpouring of our natural love and our natural tendency to want to help each other that puts together these impromptu memorials right. and all kinds of GoFundMe projects and, and everything else, which is intended to be supportive of those who are suffering. And that's who we are. Those, that's who we are as people. That's like the old Mr. Rogers saying, isn't it? You know, in any crisis, look for the rescuers, look for the people who it are doing is. It I, is I, very I, much. 
I really approve of that. I really, I really understand that. I think you mentioned something earlier, just before the break, about about Santa Fe being a nonviolent city, and I think the the question that has to be asked is: Can a city whose history has contained so much violence become a champion for nonviolence? Well, we were founded by Saint Francis of Assisi. So our foundation is really in peace. The author of uh, the, the Peace Prayer. Um, we are not a violent city, as far as I can see, any more than any other city, other than that we're people who happen to live in an area, happen to live in a culture where, where fear predominates here as well. I don't see Santa Fe as being a violent city, personally. No, not necessarily, although the question was was more about the origin of the city in the sense of of, of competing groups who have used force to try to gain their influence over this area as it developed. I mean, in some sense, that's universal for the world, I guess. Yes, yes. But, but what does it mean for a city that has violence at, as some of its essential history, what does it mean for that to then be a champion for nonviolence? Well, it takes a change in attitude. It takes a change in the way in which institutions teach in schools and in churches about who we really are. We can't live in the past. That's done. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the conquest of Santa Fe has been basically bloodless. Uh, well, <laughs> it depends. Well, it, it depends how you... Um, um, I think conquest can be economic can be social can be it doesn't have to necessarily the violence as we're talking about doesn't have to be war although of course there were lives lost of course course. um i I think for me one of the questions i i hear what you're saying about the um i i hear what you're saying about the change in attitude the essential change the essential change that we need to go through and that we're not living in the past but at the same time aren't a lot of our prejudices aren't a lot of our the fear that you're talking about isn't that based in what we've learned from the past of course so in some sense is some of the work of nonviolent santa fe is that in acknowledging the challenges of the past as opposed to moving beyond them what does that mean for our, you? our purpose is to identify and to educate and to heal um and it isn't just the past our whole economic system as you pointed out is based on fear I mean, everything that we buy is because we're afraid that if we don't have it, something's wrong. Interesting. Um, so it's, it's, it's a matter of, it isn't just the fear of the past, it's the way in which the whole culture uh, treats, treats life. We're afraid of each other. Um, we're, we're afraid to walk out of the street. People are afraid to go to the mall. Um, and the percentage, the, the chances that something's gonna happen are really remote. Right. I'd like to talk about those remote chances. I'd like to talk about people being free to be who they want to be rather than speaking language of violence. So our promotion and the words that we use are more centered toward what nonviolence can be. What can that mean? And for different people, it's going to mean different things. Although from Gandhi and from from King, we do have some foundation. Um, But from that point of view, it's a matter of do we see within ourselves our own bullying? Hmm. Do we see how we um, are superior to others, how, how men 
take a predominant role, how white men take a predominant role, um, how those who are out of mental institutions are superior to those who are in, um, how the home, people who have homes are superior to the homeless, all these very subtle ways in which we probably wouldn't say, oh, we really feel that way. But deep down, that's really where it's at. We look at people as being victims and nobody has to be a victim. Our purpose would be to make everybody a winner. I, I really love those examples that you're giving. When you mentioned the economics, I'm still, I'm not sure if the economy is based on fear as opposed to power and control. That but, I well. think, but I think a lot of that is based in that patriarchal system and predominantly a white patriarchal system. Which and you, power and control are built upon fear. In, in, go on, tell, me, tell us more. In what way? How, how does one hold on to, why does one need control? Why does one have power? Because they fear that somebody else is coming in to take it. White supremacist groups are afraid that other cultures are coming in to take over. Right. And so they are powerful, and, and, and it's, it's fear. So I'm saying that all power, including Vladimir Putin, is based on fear. So then, given that our society is clearly based on so many power um, differentialities and disparities, Given that, you know, since you mentioned the economic system, given that the way our economy is run is based on power disparities, which are based on fear um, to follow your, your way of thinking. What is that? How, how do you undo all of that? I mean, for me, I, I really understand when you're saying, you know, trying to show people not to be afraid as they're in the mall and so on. I, and I do understand that. And I think that's really important, the way that we're teaching the, you know, trying to encourage people to teach nonviolence, but doesn't that mean tearing the whole system down, basically? You know, that everything, how do you do that? How does Reverend Bob Burns change the world, is what I'm asking, right? <laughs> how, how does nonviolence Santa Fe, how, how do we dismantle that, that, those disparities that are based on fear? Well, we don't do it violently, for one thing. Right, sure. We don't force people to change their minds. We don't force any kind of organization to change the way it, it, uh, it operates. We simply call attention to, are you aware? Right. Are you aware of what you're doing here? And, and is this really what you want to do? And it's going to be little, little bites here and there. We can't eat the whole thing at once. But it'll be a matter of one or two people along the way saying, for example, to the Los Alamos who has their... Their, uh, their office here in Santa Fe, along with the uh, Veterans for Peace. Mm -hmm. We don't want you here. Right. We don't want nuclear weapons. And they demonstrate every Friday. Um, by the way, and I'll give a plug for that, sure. they're at the corner of Alamedia and, um, and Guadalupe from, uh, from noon to one every Friday, just demonstrating that nuclear energy has, around the world, been considered illegal and hasn't been... Ratified illegal by whom? It is, it is illegal to produce nuclear weapons. I see. So, you know, you, you've reminded me when I was a teenager, I used to stand outside the Chinese embassy in London um, on Wednesdays for a free Tibet protest. Yes. And um, 
And one week, I remember, we brought flowers and just started throwing flowers, which turns out was an act of invasion because um, an embassy is actually sovereign territory. And if you're throwing things at an embassy, even though we were throwing flowers, um, apparently that was an act of invasion, which was not what we meant. Um, but the idea was... Now, see, right there... Go on. It's a matter of intent. Indeed. You know, and it's the intent. Are we intending to injure, which is violent, or are we not? Right. Which and, is what you're describing. And what we did was we threw these flowers, and I remember very clearly um, that the police came. They brought a whole police van, and um, I just thought this is a ridiculous waste of resources. They gathered up all the flowers except for one that made it on a windowsill. And I remember somebody from the embassy looking out, seeing the flower, seeing us. And I thought, is that it? What's the purpose of, of your protest? Is it for the people in Los Alamos labs to say we, we should reflect on this? Or is it actually for the rest of Santa Fe driving past to say, wow, people are speaking up against this? What's your motive behind that nonviolent act? Well, I'm, I'm not a part of that organization, so I don't know what their motive is. I don't want to speak for them, but... There are people who drive by and are honking all the time. I've been out there myself. And the, the response and the support for that kind of movement is, is good. What we can do in Santa Fe, very specifically, is to talk to realtors. Are you willing uh. to rent to organizations that are basically violent in their, or, in their orientation? Um, and... and I mean, it's big. I mean, Los Alamos comes in with a lot of money. So, so we're dealing with an economic reality here that they're, they're bringing in whole bunches of money they wouldn't be able to rent to for the same amount. Right. But to raise, once again, the issue, are you aware of what you're doing here? And is this really what you want to promote? So we talk to Los Alamos, but we talk to the realtors as well. I love the fact that you're asking questions. And in the final minute or two, What's the, what's the underlying question that you want people to really reflect on um, as, you, as you take this nonviolent Santa Fe approach forward? What is my motivation? Am I coming into this angrily, out of revenge, out of hatred, out of my own violence? Or have I gotten myself pure enough, clean enough in my own mind to be able to go in and protest not against the person, Mm. but against the cause, the organization. We'd have nothing against the people who work in the offices in Santa Fe, but we do have a problem with the motivation of Los Alamos in the creation of nuclear weapons. So that's a large part of it. This is why we don't, we don't hurt people. People themselves are victims to, the, to their own corporation. So we feel sorry for them and include them in our, in our community in terms of people who who probably should be looking at what they're doing, and is this a job they want to keep? Do they want to promote this? I really have appreciated you coming here this evening and, and sharing, you know, bringing awareness of violence, non-violence, right. and non-violence together. So, Reverend Bob Barnes, thank you so much for being here this My evening. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you. So thank you, Reverend Bob Barnes, Director of Nonviolent Santa Fe, and you can find out more about that at nonviolentsantafe.org. Thank you for coming on to our show. You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. Until we return again in two weeks' time, keep searching.